Welcome back to what should be the final part in our series on working with and communicating with creatives. My name is Luke Clayton and welcome to Church Media HQ. Well, hey there, thanks for coming back for part three. And again, what should be the final part to what has become an impromptu series. What started as just probably being what I thought would be one episode has actually turned into a three-part series. Nonetheless, I hope you found the content to be helpful. And then if you have, then I hope you'll take a moment to share it with others. And Church Media HQ and this episode in particular is brought to you by... Of course, our free trials of Church Media HQ. Church Media HQ is much more than our podcast and YouTube content, though this is a big part of what we do, something that I really enjoy. It is really only the gateway to the rest of what we do. Our goal is to be a full-service creative solution for your church, and we believe that we are the most affordable full-service creative solution for your church. <clears throat> of course, we offer a free trial with no credit card required, where for 30 days, you can try our on-demand design service, you can try our website setup and support service, and then our priority coaching. And this is, again, completely free for you to try for 30 days, and we're not going to require a credit card for you to activate your trial because we want to make sure that you are a good fit. Now, if we are a good fit and you say, hey, I want to get a little bit of an idea on what it might cost me. Well, we have plans starting as low as $99 a month or $999 a year. And that's why we believe we're the most affordable for full service creative solution because and, and we're actually working for you. We're not just giving you a login and access to a library of graphics, although uh, I should say we have kind of upped our game in that department a little bit over the past few weeks in that we have added a lot to our collection of media, but that really we look at as just kind of like the icing on the cake. What we, the core of the service is us actually serving you, actually working for you. You tell us what you need and we take it from there. Just send us your requirements and we deliver fresh content, designs, and like I said, websites, and we can also do coaching. And this is, again, that's the core of the service. So again, give it a try, churchmediahq.com, start for free, no credit card required, try it out for 30 days, and I look forward to working with and speaking with you soon. Okay, jumping back into our series here, just to give a little bit of review in the first part, we talked about uh, counting the cost. What's it going to cost in terms of budget, but also in terms of turnaround time? Gave you some ideas of what to expect in terms of pricing for different types of creative projects and what you need to allot for turnaround time. And then last time we talked about starting the process and kind of giving that creative direction for design and possibly short video projects, as well as starting a custom website. Well, today we're going to dive into talking about creative, giving creative direction for a more advanced video. And really when I say advanced video, 
This is really any video beyond 30 to 60 seconds. Uh, that is going to be advanced. Now you may say, oh, that doesn't seem advanced. Well, in most cases, whenever you're going beyond that, that's where it does become a little bit more of an advanced project, which is gonna take more time and probably going to cost more. I should mention that when you're working with most creatives. And so the first step when you're gonna be determining the creative direction and trying to communicate that to your, in this case, videographer, video editor, the, your producer, you are going to want to first try to determine the length. So first of all, when it comes to uh, uh, a video length, here's how I categorize it. And here's how most video uh, professionals are going to categorize your length. If it's less than four minutes, it's going to be considered a short video. If it's four to seven minutes, it's gonna be considered a medium video. And if it's anything longer than seven minutes, it's gonna be it's gonna be classified rather as a long video. Now you might be saying, well, no, 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 seven minutes, that's a short video. Not in the world of video production in terms of doing the work. And I, I should also say this, not in the world of someone consuming and watching your video. I mean, unless you're producing the next great uh, streaming series or uh, blockbuster movie, seven minutes is a long time to sit there and watch a video. Uh, the worst thing that I have seen when dealing with uh, making promotional videos or working with someone trying to make a promotional video is just this kind of desire to have it as long as possible. I remember one time working with uh, a church planner who had uh, gotten a bunch of footage uh, from their, uh, from they'd been planning this church now for years. And, and so they had a bunch of footage, a bunch of photos, and they uh, reached out to me and said, hey, I, I need some help editing. Right now my video is 16 minutes long. And uh, I feel like that's just a little too, too long. And I was like, uh, yeah, that's a little bit too long. This was the video that he's supposed to be presenting to churches that have supported his work. And, and uh, by the way, this tends to be the notorious, uh, if you will, uh, uh, kind of uh, culprit for going to be these long videos are these church planner or missionary presentations. They tend to be way too long and poorly produced, unfortunately. But uh, this was something that he asked for my help with. And I said, well, I'll tell you this. If you really want my help, here's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to take whatever you have, and I'm going to trim it down to be uh, probably around five minutes, if not less. And he was, oh, five minutes. How, how, there's no way we can eliminate five minutes from this video. Uh, we began, I, he kind of sent me what he had. I kind of gave him a little bit of a, and didn't really do a lot of production work, but again, gave him a little more of a detailed vision. Kind of said, here's what I'd cut. Here's, here's what we would do. And uh, unfortunately, we never moved forward because this particular individual was not willing to cut information. He had become so emotionally attached to all the content. And again, you have to realize whether you're showcasing, you know, the, the in this case, the mission church planning work that he had done over the past few years, or whether you're trying to promote your church or a specific ministry or event at your church, what you have to realize is the name of the game in video is to inspire someone in as short a time as possible. That is really the goal. It's not to provide every last detail and get somebody to, uh, you know, because again, trying to recap uh, years, you know, three, four years of, of on the field service. Uh, well, obviously, you're going to have to leave out some detail because you're trying to compress four years into what should be about four minutes. So 
this is something I understand the challenge, the emotional attachment. This is, again, a reason why working with someone from the outside can really help. Because, for example, if you're a pastor and you're looking to create a promotional video of sorts for your church, it could be really hard for you to determine what needs to be cut, what needs to be uh, removed from the video. You uh, you believe everything is important. You you want to highlight every little little ministry, little aspect, little feature of your church. Well, someone from the outside, uh, an outside uh, videographer, producer in this case, is going to know, and they're going to say, hey, look, I, I know what you want, but here's what works. And that's what it's all about. It's about what works. When it comes to video overall, I do want to say this because we're talking about the length. I alluded to this a little earlier, uh, and this is something we have to remember. Inspiration is greater than information. Inspiration is so much better and more effective than information. You know, you think about if you go to a theater uh, or if you just watch a trailer online for a movie, uh, they, they give you kind of in a two to three minute span, they give you this really inspiring highlight clips and, 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 you know, voice, uh, voice clips and, and, and visual highlight clips and epic music. And what they're trying to do is to inspire you. Obviously they're not giving you the full story. Uh, that would defeat the purpose because what they're trying to do is get you to watch the full story, the watch the full two hour movie by giving you a two minute preview. But what they're not trying to do is to give you the whole plot. They're not trying to say, well, in this movie, uh, Tony Stark uh, gets trapped in a cave and builds an Iron Man suit and then he becomes, no, that, that's not what they're doing. They might show you a clip here and there of these things happening, but it's more about inspiring you and giving you a little piece of the story without sharing too much information so that you're inspired to watch that film. And then when it comes to the details, they don't say, now if you're located in Nashville, Tennessee, here is the movie times and the days where you can go and the theaters where it's going to be available. And if you're located in Los Angeles, here are your movie. No, they just, they give you all the information and they say, coming on this date, or sometimes they're more generic and they say, this spring. All they're trying to do is to get you inspired to where you say, I want to see that because if the inspire, if that spark, if you will, of inspiration is strong enough that you want to see it, you're going to seek out the information. You're going to figure out what is the best way, time, place for you to see that particular film in this case. And that's what you're trying to do when you're promoting anything by way of video. Again, whether it's like a, I, I keep using the example of like a generic promo video, but we're talking about if you're just trying to promote for an event, you know, video announcements are a very popular way. And they have been for years now for a church to communicate what's coming up, upcoming events, ministries, and opportunities at their church. But the biggest mistake that I see made in the production of these video announcements in terms of the content is that they become way too informative and they completely, uh, they completely kind of forget about inspiration. So this is important to remember as you are going into any type of video project. These lengths, you know, short, medium, and long, well, really, the shorter the better. Less is more. Again, unless you are telling some type of narrative story, which which that is a completely different type of 
production, a completely different type of filmmaking. And we've done that. We've made these short films that are 12 minutes long. I think the longest uh, short film we've made is, is closer to like 40, 50 minutes long. But that's, that's a completely different application. We are trying to tell a full story in that case. When it comes to promoting stuff at your church, you know, like I said, an event, a sermon series, something like that, you don't want to give the full story, if you will. You just want to get people interested because you want them to take the next steps and become a part of that story, the story of that event, the story of that sermon series, the story of your church. And so less is more. So give your videographer an idea of what you're expecting in terms of length, and please do not push back and do not be upset when your videographer says, well, what if we make it shorter? It's not because they're trying to get out of work. It's not because they're trying to make it easier for them. Because technically, I mean, the longer the video, because I will say this, I actually didn't mention this earlier, but when it comes to a video, especially a more advanced video, some videographers actually do charge by the minute in terms of like, if you want a seven minute video, there's going to be a per minute rate in terms of the final product. So whether they're charging by the minute or charging by the uh, production hour, uh, it doesn't matter. The, the truth is, is that they could make more money if they just made it long, but a good videographer is going to emphasize that we need to make this as short as possible. We need to be inspirational, we need to be concise, and we need to inspire next steps for people to seek out information and again, become a part of whatever it is that you are promoting. So you gotta determine the appropriate length. Less is more and work with your videographer on that. Videography is something, I should say this off the bat, uh, this is something that you really, like for example, we're not going to, I'm not going to work with you. Our team's not going to work with you on an advanced video project uh, if without some type of, of call. Uh, that, that We're going to have to have some type of community, you know, real-time communication like that. Going back and forth on email uh, would take uh, forever to do to even get us started. And it would, uh, you know, to be honest with you, it just is not sufficient. It's much more practical, much more efficient, and much more beneficial when you do get on some type of call. And so I wanted to mention that. So don't hesitate uh, to work with your videographer to trust their creativity. If they've been doing this, if they're experienced, if they've got other, you know, if they've been doing this for a while, they're going to know. So you need to trust them and be willing to work with them and listen to their ideas, especially when it comes to the length of the video. So determine the appropriate length. Then you got to ask what's going to drive the narrative of the video. So every video, all video, I heard this statement one time in one of the few college classes that I took that was related to communication and media. I heard this statement and it stuck with me. All video is story. Every video should tell a story. There is, well, I should say this. In the days of the TikTok and the Instagram reel, it can be hard to grasp that because there are just some real pointless <laughs> social media videos out there. But if you think about it, even your most your most viral videos, your most successful videos on even a short form uh, platform like TikTok or Instagram Reels, well, they are telling some type of quick narrative. Uh, the most common thing I see on you know TikTok is the the guy who play you know the 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 person who's playing like 
all three roles and they're putting like a towel on their head to be, to represent that they are a female. And then they are, uh, you know, putting sunglasses on when they're this guy or putting a ball cap on them, this guy, but they're the same guy, but, but, and, and they're putting these, you know, these just, uh, these captions up and whatever. And, uh, the truth is it's all poorly made in terms of quality, but it's telling a story and it engages people. So it can be hard to imagine and to, uh, you know, maybe maybe grasp the fact that all video is storytelling. But again, even the shortest, most poorly produced videos are just really little micro stories. So all video is storytelling. So there's there's a there's a narrative there. How are you going to tell this story? Of course, we're, we're not talking about TikTok. We're not talking about using the little captions and, you know, just taking the ball cap on and off when you're a different character. We're talking about uh, what should be a well-professionally produced video, what's going to tell the story? You have a few options. Well, one of the most common ways is to kind of take this docu, docu, let's talk about this documentary kind of format. Okay. So uh, again, I keep going back to like some type of promotional video for a church. You know, you might sit down your pastor, other leaders, other people in your church, and you might interview them and you have them tell their story, their stories about their experience with the church and now you use that as narrative to fuel the video. And, you know, that's oftentimes accompanied by, you know, uh, B-roll. Uh, and, uh, you know, something they're, they're talking and you have the B-roll interview. So interviews are really common. And the great thing about interviews is they're really effective because they're really personal. And they're really, uh, they can just be really, really effective in telling the story. Uh, and I will say this, a lot of times uh, using an interview style of video is fantastic for when you're trying to, when you say, hey, I want to get somebody to tell a story, uh, they, they have a really great story and we want to share it, it's fantastic to do that by way of video because you can, you can literally pull out the parts that are best and you can condense it and make it short and you can just kind of hit people with the high moments, if you will, and it becomes really impactful. I remember, uh, it's been several months ago now, but go back and look up some of the episodes that we did with Tim Rabin, uh, and I believe it's towards the end of our series of conversation uh, there where we talk. he talks about how they're using this at their church. It was really, really good, so check that out, look that up. But interviews uh, are a great way to, to, to kind of drive the narrative. Another way that's a little more common is a uh, a vo well, actually, before I get to that, I should say if you're going to use interviews, uh, you you have to remember that you're going to coordinate. You got to coordinate schedules of the interviews, and you do have to plan in that way. Nice thing about what what's going to happen is when you have them sit down. Hopefully, you do get just organic content, but you need to come up with questions. Uh, you need to come up with a schedule, uh, and especially if you're working with volunteers, you know people that are a part of your church but do not, you know, aren't necessarily employed by your church. Uh, well, that's where you really need to do a good job of, of coordinating schedules, being respectful of their time. And again, having a questions list is huge. You know, hey, I, I like we've done enough of these now to where I kind of just have a set, you know, questions that I uh, that I know, if you will, that I'm just like, hey, these are what I'm going to ask. And but that really helps because it continues the conversation uh, and it continue and it makes sure that you're respectful of your time, but also your questions should be designed to get the best answers. So now moving on uh, from interviews, another common way is voiceover narration. Sometimes you'll see a combination of both interviews and voiceover, but uh, with a voiceover, this is going to require a script. So you've got to get some type of script you know, that you write and depending on how long the video is going to be, this can be a 
you know, a decent uh, length of script to write. And of course, when you're doing a voiceover narration uh, exclusively, you know, maybe that's the only way you're driving the story. Well, you really do have full control of the narrative there in that whatever scripted is going to be said. Now, I, I have to say this, when it comes to voiceover, it's actually be, have become very affordable to get a high quality voiceover from places like Fiverr. Uh, I mean, literally, you can get voiceovers, uh, short voiceovers that are done well for as little as five, ten bucks. Uh, and even if you if you got a big budget of like fifty to hundred, you can get some really, really good voiceover artists uh, that do some really high end, uh, provide some really high end quality work there. So, voiceover is another great way. It can really put a um, uh, especially depending on the application and the specific voiceover artist that you do hire, it can really put a, a kind of a strong impression, if you will, of just professionalism. Um, you know, when you got that, that voiceover artist with the, the deep, rich voice, uh, and you, you've got that accompanied with, you know, obviously good music and good B-roll, uh, that can really, that just really makes a video seem very professional and very well quality. Again, it's not, it's not that just because you use a professional voiceover, the video is going to be good. No, there's, again, like I said, music, B-roll, there's a lot of other things that go into it. But uh, the voiceover is really a, a strong way to do it. But you can't go into a voiceover without using a script. And, for example, when you're working with a voiceover artist, they're going to require a script and they're going to bill you by the word in most cases. So these are things to keep in mind if you're going to use a voiceover. Uh, the next way would be to use some type of spokesperson or host in more of a format probably closest to what you're watching here if you're watching uh, the video version. So, uh, you know, I'm just looking into the camera talking. And of course, this is a podcast studio setup with I've got my mic in front of me here. And of course, we're doing a whole series of videos uh, on our uh, other weekly episode, uh, our shorter episodes of Church Media HQ, where we're talking about how to make a video, what we're calling a talking head video, but one that features a spokesperson or a host that talks directly to the camera in this case. And this in every case, well, almost every case, is going to require a script or, as I've said in the other video series, a uh, an outline, a very detailed outline. If you are going to be the, the speaker and the writer, a lot of times you can get away with an outline. But if you're going to be using a third-party spokesperson, then you're going to have to pretty much script exactly what they need to say. This is where having a teleprompter is really, really useful. So um, you... Uh, you, you have that teleprompter, they can literally look into the lens, read their script, and it's actually really, uh, it's, it's a more, I don't want to say, it, it's not a simple, simple setup, it's, uh, it, it's a little bit more moderate, I suppose, in terms of difficulty level, but, you know, getting a, getting a teleprompter, you know, you can go on Amazon and find teleprompters, you can get apps on your phone and iPad that are a t good teleprompter app. So if, you, if you're if you willing to make a little bit of investment and figure out the setup, it's actually not, uh, it used to be one of those things that it was only reserved for like those who uh, work at our broadcast stations and, you know, the presidents and things like that. Now using a teleprompter is very, very uh, usable. In fact, most episodes, I actually do use a teleprompter. Uh, if you're watching, maybe you figured out I'm not using one in this. I just kind of have a loose outline that I'm following here on my iPad in front of me. It's out of the shot. You there it is, uh, for those of you watching again. Uh, but this is something that for the, when I'm looking to make a shorter video, like for example, the, the second episode that we're dropping each week where we're seeking to be 10 minutes or less, 
that is where using a, a teleprompter and a, if not a script, it's not, I don't always script, but it's, it's very detailed outline and a very structured outline. And it's not a loose outline. Like this is a loose outline. If you haven't figured it out, this is the most casual impromptu that I've been on our, on our episodes in a while. I usually am a lot more scripted, but this is a subject that I don't mind. I clearly don't mind kind of taking our time to go through it. I don't mind breaking it up into multiple episodes as we have, but there's other times again, contrasting this with the other weekly episode where right now we're going through how to make specifically a, a video that's going to be just, we're going to be very tactical on that. And so therefore we need to be more exact in what I need to be more exact in what I say. So what I'm getting at is a teleprompter is, is very helpful for this. It's not required. Uh, and it's, but I will tell you this, I, I've done it. I've done it both ways when working with a third party spokesperson usually this is with you're like making an announcement video of sorts. I have done it both ways. I have asked the spokesperson to memorize the script because I did not have a teleprompter. And let me just tell you this. So we, we, I, I have for years now been making announcement videos for this one church in particular. And, uh, we work with spokespeople to, to make those videos. And for the first probably six to 12 months of making them, we had to, I, we didn't have a teleprompter. So we asked them to memorize the script. Well, these are, I mean, they're not super long. We're trying to make them concise, but nonetheless, I mean, you're talking about a paragraph or two, you know, you're talking about, I don't know, uh, maybe, I don't know, 500 to a thousand words uh, for a, you know, or actually no more than that. I mean, you're probably looking at, and nonetheless, they probably have to memorize about 500 to a thousand words at a time. Uh, and recite the 500 to 1,000 words at a time. And I can just tell you this, we used to do that, and then we switched to a teleprompter. We cut our time from about four hours of production time because we had to sit there and you know wait for the poor spokespeople to recite their lines, to, to recall them. I mean, we had so many takes just to make sure we got the lines right. When we switched to a teleprompter, we can now get these video announcements shot with in in less than in, in sometimes less than like twenty minutes, uh, and at the longest like maybe up to an hour. And this is you know with mul when we have multiple people, but uh, you know we're, we're working with people who know what they're doing, and so they can they can read through a teleprompter, uh, and literally they can they can read through a full month's worth of of announcements at this church in about fifteen minutes. Uh, and it's a, it's a game changer. So uh, all that to say, when it comes to working with this third party, you know, a spokesperson, someone who's not yourself, and you're going to use that to drive the narrative of your video, you're going you're most likely going to need to be scripted, which means, depending on the length of the script, a teleprompter could really be a game changer. All right. So another way to drive the narrative of the video, and I've already kind of alluded to this, is through dramatization or acting. Now, this is, again, a whole different level of video production. We've made these before. I, I do love making them. It's kind of like a passion project of mine. I try to find, I try to, I try to put out something like this maybe once a year. Uh, you know, the past 18 months has been different, but that's kind of the goal. Uh, nonetheless, it's just something that I really enjoy doing. And, you know, because this is where, you know, you're actually having characters or actors portray characters on screen and you're, you're driving the story in that way, in a completely different uh, format 
than what we've been talking about. Because up to now, we've been talking about, really, it's more or less, like I said, documentary style, where, like I said, you got a narrator, or you got someone talking to the camera, or you got someone not talking directly to the camera, but to a to someone, you know, just outside of the camera in an interview format. This is all really good. And, and, and honestly, the, all of these methods would be quicker and more efficient. And, and in most cases, it's really, it's really the best approach. Again, all this depends on the type of video. But the dramatization and acting, the, you talk about planning and preparation. Uh, every, we've kind of stair-stepped up in, in terms of the preparation. you got the interviews where, yes, you've got to have your questions ready. You want to have your scheduling. You, know, uh, and your you want to be organized in that way. But you're basically just asking questions, letting, letting the interviewees talk, and then editing after that. Then you got the voiceover or the third-party spokesperson, uh, whether they're talking just as a voiceover or into the camera. Well, that's going to need to be, like I said, more scripted. But then when you get onto this, if you want to try the, the dramatization, the acting, the true, what, what is really true narrative storytelling in that way, uh, this requires a full script with scenes. And... Uh, I mean, it is. If you've ever looked into screenplay writing or dabbled in it, you know that it's a it's a whole other level of scripting. Uh, so I say that to say this: it's a very fun type of project, and there are a lot of creatives, myself included, out there who would love to take on that kind of project. But you got to understand that's that's the kind where we're talking about serious time commitment, uh, serious volunteer or staffing, more or less commitment. It requires a lot of people to make videos like this. Uh, and then you're, you're looking at serious cost compared to, you know, maybe going one of the other uh, formats. So all this answers, we're trying to answer the question, what's going to drive the narrative of the video? Am I going to have interviews? Am I going to have a voiceover or a spokesperson? Am I going to try to dramatize? Am I going to try to do acting? Next very important question. Can you provide footage to your editor or your producer? So whoever is editing and producing this, are you going to provide the footage or are you going to expect them to come take the footage? Because that makes a massive difference in terms of cost and turnaround and just what's required in general. So can you provide that footage? And in most cases, you might get lucky in that you might have somebody locally who can shoot the video, but for whatever reason will edit the video. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of a scenario where that would, might happen and not really, but... Can you provide the footage? Now, I will say this. Man, the wonderful thing about the modern cell phone is that the cameras on it are amazing. You know, I mean, the cameras on our latest iPhones, I mean, it's better than, you know, high-end cinema cameras of, of 10, 20 years ago. It's, it, it's really incredible, the leaps and bounds we made. And we talk about this a little bit in, again, the other series that we're doing, our, our short-form video series, but... You know, a lot of times if you are willing to uh, set it up correctly and, you know, put some effort into the, the production quality, you can uh, produce, you can actually record some, some really nice footage uh, with your phone. So I don't want to get into all that because again, that's, that's completely other series. We do have a lot of, a little bit of overlap, I should say, in this video, in this particular part of the series, but uh when it comes to the footage, if you're not going to provide it, well, somebody's going to have to shoot it. And like I said, that's going to be an extra cost. Uh, we, we do have different types of, we've done both. We'll, we'll edit what's provided to us, but then we've had to go and shoot. And so you got to consider the cost to bring them in, 
the cost of travel, the cost of accommodations, a lot of other costs that goes into that. So, uh, so are you going to provide the footage or are you going to bring them on location? Uh, and then when it gets to the post-production, the editing process, are you going to want more advanced VFX or animation? You see these animations maybe in a video, you know, that uh, maybe it's your logo that's moving or some type of motion graphic. Well, uh, that is intense post-production work. And, you know, when somebody asks for that from, from us, well, we've got to charge accordingly because that requires a lot of time and resource to produce that. So do, are you going to want those advanced, you know, special effects, those animations? Uh, and here's something I'm kind of circling back maybe to a thought we've definitely already touched on in one way or another. But uh, the more creative control that you want... Uh, the more work that you are going to have to be willing to do. And you can't hold this against your videographer. So, again, made several several video productions over the years. My favorite, just being completely honest, my favorite type of uh, person to work with is uh, the, the one who says, hey, here's a, here's a vision. And again, there's a balance to this. You can't just be so vague that we don't really know. We just take a guess. But we, we actually, we get on a call. We have a good collaboration. They say, hey, they kind of give us a little guidance in the process, and then they let us go. Those are the best. Those are the best. I'm, I cannot think of a time when that did not yield the best possible product. Not because I'm amazing. Not because we are something special. But because when a creative can just create without having someone standing over their shoulder or someone constantly giving input. Well, this is it's kind of what you hired them to do. So with that in mind, if, you, if you're going to insist upon having more creative control of the project, you know, I, you, wanna, uh, you want to, to be very specific in, you know, how things are worded and how, what is said. And, and, well, the more creative control you want, the more work you are going to have to do. And you can try, well, I thought I hired the video guy to do this. But if you're not willing to let him do it, <laughs> let the video, let the video uh, videographer or the producer put their creative flair on it and you want to have that creative control, then that's just going to be more work on your plate. So uh, my uh, recommendation is to give them uh, creative control. But if you want, maybe you enjoy that. I'm not holding it against you if you do. Maybe you're a little bit of a creative yourself. I can tell you this, you know, that, that there have been times where I outsource or I hire and somebody, well, well, I'm hiring, I've hired people to be more of a collaborator with me because, you know, I want their, where my weaknesses are, I hire their strengths, if you will, for that project. So maybe that's the, the approach that you're taking. And, and again, there's nothing wrong with that, but you're just going to have to realize that now it's a co-effort. You're not just hiring them to do a job. You are hiring them to help you and collaborate with you in the process. So, you know, for example, I have worked with churches that are very particular about their music styles. They want certain styles of music to be used and us to avoid other types of music and instruments. I've worked with all, all, all levels of all preferences in that area. Well, there uh, is one in particular where it just got to the point where it was like, well, it seems like we can never provide the right music. 
And so now we just have an understanding whenever we make a, have a project that we work with them on, if they want us to use anything other than the music that we've already been using or that's been pre-approved, they have to provide that. They have to send us the, the direct file to the music that they want used. And the reason is, is because there comes a time when the creative's in that we just can't keep guessing. And where we're going to miss deadlines, we're going to fall short on expectations because you have some very specific expectations. So if you, if you have that, for whatever reason, again, I'm not faulting you for that. You just have to realize that now you're going to have to step it up and you're going to have to share that with your, uh, you're going to have to share, share, be, be willing, I should say, share the specific, you know, in this case, music or whatever, but also be willing to do a little bit more of the work because when you control equals work, the more control, the more work. So the more control you want, the more work you're going to have to do. All right. So that brings us to the end of this content. So whenever you're working with a uh, creative of any kind, you're going to want to keep this in mind. Last section, it's not long enough for me to justify another episode. Plus I already promised you this is the end. So maybe this episode will just be a little bit longer. So bear with me. Last section, and I'm going to move through this quickly. Uh, just some suggestions for the feedback process. So once you've got it started, well, now you're going to have some back and forth because again, don't expect them to get it right on the first time. If you've been working with this particular designer or creative, you know, you've had a, a, a long ongoing relationship, then yeah, you might get to the point where it's like, yeah, first try, we basically got it. But that's, that's, that's probably not going to happen. There's always all, almost always going to be some bit of feedback. So the, just some ideas um, here, and it's mainly has to do with communicating um, uh, visual changes. So obviously if it's like, Hey, you know, uh, you got, we didn't, the date changed. And so instead of it being on the 11th, it needs to be on the 12th. Okay. Small things, shoot them an email. They'll make that change or, Hey, uh, I would rather us use this photo than the one that you have right now. Maybe that's all stuff you can do or email. But when it comes to giving visual feedback two amazing tools that I highly recommend you use, and they rhyme, Zoom and Loom. Zoom is, of course, the now very, very popular video conferencing, video call service. And you don't necessarily have to use Zoom. I just say it because it rhymes, because it's the most popular. But Zoom or some type of video conferencing where you can actually get on a call again and have this real-time feedback. And with something like with a, with a program like Zoom, you can share your screen and you could say, hey, here's what I want to see changed here and here. I was just working with a pastor on a new logo. And every time that we sent over a, a version or a vision, they scheduled a Zoom call and we got on. And I gladly did that. I honestly had no hesitation for that at all. I actually welcomed it because it made sure that we were clear and concise and on the same page before moving on to the next round of revisions. So don't be afraid to schedule a Zoom call. And I should say this, schedule it. Don't expect your designer, your creative to just take these calls on demand. You know, uh, don't just expect them, hey, I'm going to call them and they're going to answer. No, because here's why. Because they are working on your and others' projects. And in our case, we want to be dedicated to the project that we're working on. And you 
are one of those projects. We're giving you that same level of, level of commitment and dedication. Gladly schedule a call with you. Uh, however, don't expect them to pick up just when you call. Uh, I've worked with those people before and they don't go in the category of my favorites. So Zoom, using some type of video conferencing to communicate in real time, show your screen. But speaking of showing your screen, that's where Loom comes in. Loom.com is a free screen recording software that makes screen recording really easy. Once you have it installed and set up on your computer, it's really just a couple clicks to, it instantaneously records your screen and is instantaneously uploading it to the Loom server. So as soon as you're done recording, it generates a link that you can then send to your, you know, whoever. So this is wonderful because let's say your designer sends you a graphic, you open up that file on your computer, you say, okay, I, here's some things, here's some feedback. You start a Loom, and it doesn't have to be Loom. If you're using a Mac, QuickTime has screen recording built in. If you're using Windows, I have no idea because I haven't used Windows in almost a decade at this point. But either way, you record your screen, and then you take that, and that's why I recommend Loom because, again, it, it, it uploads it instantaneously to the cloud and gives you a share link. You take that link and you paste it in an email and you send it over. And now your designer, your creative, they can watch your actual feedback that you're giving. You're, you're showing them, not just telling them. And I can tell you this, ever since we started using this process uh, with our team, it has made things so much more clear, so much more efficient. Uh, it, it saves us the time. Again, we'll gladly, I welcome the calls. In fact, I, I almost require the, the live Zoom calls at times when it is more advanced and necessary. But the Loom videos are amazing because you can record it when it's convenient for you. Your designer, your creative can watch it when it's convenient for them and they can make the changes. And anytime you're working with visual content, designs, websites, even videos to an extent, you can use a tool like Loom to record your screen and share it with your creative. Okay, that brings us for real to the end of this content. And I just wanna take that extra few minutes to talk about feedback. I know it made this particular episode a little bit longer. So I wanna thank you for uh, taking the time to uh, watch or listen. I know your time is valuable and I do hope that this was a valuable use of your time. Now, one last thing I'll say since I have you and we're already over 40 minutes on this episode almost at this point, I do wanna get your thoughts. So what is your opinion on long form versus short form when it comes to our content? We've started doing the short form content as part of one of our episodes and our intention is to make these the other episode a little bit more long form. The idea is to, for those of you who prefer one or the other, it gives you the option. I want to know what you think. Do you care uh, or do you prefer the long? Do you prefer the short? This is something that's really hard to gauge because some of the most, when you look at the most popular podcast in particular, uh, the, uh, they, they are amongst the highest is shows like Joe Rogan where that's each episode's two to three hours long. But then there's also really other podcasts that are short, as short as two minutes. And they're, they're both doing well. So I don't. I, I think it's a. It's definitely going to be a mixed bag. But I want to know what you think in particular. So if you have some thoughts about long form versus short form, 
uh, in general, but in particular when it comes to this content, please feel free to share. And thanks again for your feedback. Thanks in advance. I do hope that you'll leave us a rating or a review, that you'll subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. And Church Media HQ is a production of the Must Increase Network. And if you don't know much about Must Increase, if you will, kind of our parent company, head over to mustincrease.com. We have resources for churches as well as families. And I hope that you'll check uh, that out, uh, resources like our other podcast and YouTube show called Connection Culture. And that is also available at mustincrease.com. So check that out. Well, until next time, I want to encourage you at your church, try something new because it's going to be so much better to fail at trying something incredible than it is to succeed at doing just the average. See you next time right here on Church Mini HQ.